Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lunch Break Podcast, part of the Global Life Project with your hosts, Arturo Barrera and Umar Rahman. In this podcast, we talk about relevant global issues, topics, ideas, and stories while on our lunch break. We do this in hopes of raising awareness for our communities. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your colleagues. Thank you. We hope you listen and enjoy. And enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the, what episode is this? The third, right? The third episode of the Lunch Break Podcast. This is the last time I'm going to say this, but formerly known as the Global Life Podcast. You already know what it is. And it's going to be a great episode today. We're going to be talking about video games and innovation. And so basically this week is technology week. And so I figured, you know, technology and video games, they go hand in hand, especially with one of the topics that we're going to talk about today. And before I even get started, let me introduce, we have a special guest, as I promised, on the Instagram page. And I really would like him to introduce himself and just talk a little bit about you know, where he comes from, what he does, what he likes to do, what he's studying in college. I mean, Gustavo, you know, if you want to... Okay, thank you very much. Yourself. Thank you very much. I think this is the first time for everyone that I am in an English podcast. So if for any reason you don't understand or you don't catch any word I'd say, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to, to improve, as I said the last time. And well, yeah, I'm from Mexico and I am friend from... I'm a friend of Arturo. And, and yeah, it's been a great time. Over the last month, we've been speaking a little bit. We've been trying to share some ideas about many things. And I think it's been such a great friendship over the last month. And yeah, definitely. I am from Mexico. I like video games. And that's the reason because I'm here, basically. Yeah, and you have a channel too on YouTube, right? On, of course, yeah. I, ha- I do have a YouTube channel, which is called Gamescore. You can go and check it out. I don't know if Arturo wants to put the link below. For sure. This way I compartir. I'm going to share it on my pages. And yeah, he, he makes good content too. I really like his, his content. Okay. So. Thank you very much. You know, that's like a very good promotion for all your public. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And uh, since you're the guest, of course, Gustavo, like what are, you, what are you eating today, man? What are you drinking? What are you eating? You know, that's exactly what I was telling you. Right now I am drinking with this. SpongeBob SquarePants glass, which is from my childhood. I'm just drinking water, but it's fine. And you told me that I had to find something to eat. So I didn't know what to <laughs> what to eat because I was like, okay, I can take an apple or something. But oh, I just went to my kitchen and there was no fruit no more. So I had to pick this thing. It's like some sort of cookie. It's a homemade mm. cookie. It looks quite weird because I already ate a little bit <laughs> but yeah it's it's great and what about you oh well, i'm eating turkey i mean like this turkey with some tomatoes and bean not beans uh like spicy stuff in there and then i have like this rice but it's not like rice but it's like slimy rice and <laughs> okay you know what are you saying that's a whole different situation i'm just eating a cookie <laughs> I like, like, I don't even I'm know eating what to call beans, it. but not really beans. And I'm eating rice, but it's not really rice. Like, what? <laughs> don't the one thing I'm sure about this is like this is turkey, this babo. So that's like I know that's what I'm eating. It's good, it's good. It just sounds yeah, yeah. bad because I described it weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it looks or it sounds fine because we couldn't look it. 
Yeah, I wish I could show you, but this thing has been spilling for like I don't know why it's just started spilling, and so I have it in my in my passive bag. Right okay, now. okay, that's just fine. Tenemos que hacer lo que tenemos que hacer out here, you know. We do. Of course. But um, Umer, like, what do you, what do you, why did you take so long, man? Like, what, what are you eating? He came late, by the way. He was supposed to join us at twelve noon, and he came at twelve forty-five. Huh. <laughs> it's twelve thirty-two. What are you talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm eating spaghetti, and I'm not gonna mention why I'm late, but there are reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean the spaghetti takes a while to. Yeah, exactly. Up, so. Yeah. Well, let's get started. <laughs> yes, of course, we are quite late already. Yeah, yep, let's get bad. started. So, um, so basically, like I said, we're gonna talk about video games, and but really, the focus with these video games are not just any video games, but. We're really going to talk about video games that we felt had a societal impact or video games that have a different purpose than what, I guess, different audiences are used to. I mean, usually, not the stereotype, but usually what people are used to are video games that have um, like more violence and are used to, I guess, kill each other. I mean, Call of Duty. I'm not a video uh. game individual, but I mean, di different video games like that. But really, with this... With these games, we want to like talk about them in a way that's like we're talking about games that have a different purpose, that serve a different meaning to the general video game population. For lack yeah, of, of course. Term. So I wanted to let um, Gustavo talk about his um, video game first. I know he mentioned one game in conversation, but I like to honestly hear a little bit more about this game and see if he could you know explain what it's about and all that. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. I told you the last time about Metal Gear, right? Well, just let yeah, me think sorry. about maybe another game before going straight into that game. Um, you know, there are a couple of, of good games out there that I think that could work out perfectly for, the, for this podcast. And for example, Red Dead Redemption. Have you ever played that game? No, I actually haven't. Well, I've heard of it, though. It's, it's, it's a great game. I think that uh, this game is about outlaws and and cowboys and all of this stuff, right? It, it's, well, the story goes back up to 1899. Um, in those days, it was a whole different story in America. And there were a lot of, of outlaws, a lot of violence, but the story itself talks about loyalty and about how you have to be a better person and how you can actually try to go from being, uh, you know, a killer, uh, a bank robber, to when you can go straight, you know, this is this is like the story of redemption when you try to go straight, definitely after being a bad person for a lot of time, you know. And in this case, Red Dead Redemption, I think it's a great game because you should play it and you should because it actually gives you a message about how society evolves and how society can't make a difference when everyone is compromised with making a change, you know. It also tackles some topics like trying to go against the, you know, the bad, the bad changes in society. For example, it talks about um, some problems that had America back in 1899 that had to do much more with racism and problems with all this uh, situation that had to do with, with police and, and, and I don't know. 
it's just like a very important social critique about the society of those days. And I think that it's a great game that everyone should go through because it's actually also a very, very uh, good game in graphics and in everything. So you mentioned that this game takes place in the history, like in history, like that's the whole context of it? Uh, yeah, it, it's in 1899, that's mm. like the year. And yeah, it's like a complicated time for America. They are like in the transition from being without law to be a civilized country. And this is like the fight between the Indians and the cow and the cowboys versus the civilization that is trying to come to America. So there you can find a lot of problems and you find a lot of situations that can actually make you think that sometimes the progress comes with violence and how the society has to adapt to it. It sounds like a good game, not only in the sense of teaching you about our history, about, you know, all the racism and everything that used to go on back then. Yeah, think, of course. Yeah, but I think it's also a great tool and I guess showing you, I guess, redemption, really, from what you're telling me, is that it can show that no matter how, what things you've done in the past, things like that, there's always a way. You know, uh, yeah, out. So I guess, yeah. That's Good exactly the, the main message. There are two games of this series, and in both of those games, they try to talk about this. You can always go straight, or at least you can try. However, there will always be something that will be following you, but you have to deal with it. That's something that you have to manage to live with. And um, yeah, it's it's great. It's a great game, and I think that everyone should play at least once in their lives. Yeah, yeah. and that was like a really good point. Like the whole point like redemption like it falls into the name like really perfectly yes of course so that's really cool and you said it was also like a social so basically it's like a social commentary on of course his past yeah i thought that was also really interesting i feel like in general we need more of those those games that make a that kind of an impact redemption. yes and i think that for example video games have shown that they can be as good as any hollywood movie in specifically when it comes to talk about a story a video game can tell you a very good story, can give you a very good narrative, and can give you also a very good message about society and everything. For example, I don't know, back in 1994, back in the 90s, it was quite complicated to imagine that a game could actually tackle some social topics. It was much, much more simple, you know? It was like something that had much more to do with having fun, and that was the end of the story. But I think that it's interesting how video games have been evolving from being just an entertainment to be actually a way to give a message. So that's great, I think. Yeah, and I think going off of that too, you know, there are so many people that say that video games send a bad message, right? With like shooting and violence and all that. And with the Red, Red Dead Redemption, it seems like it's the complete opposite of that where it's sending a good positive message. So yeah, like, of course. Yeah, it's like breaking stereotypes in that area as well. Yeah, it's like something quite complicated to understand at first because it's like, well, the game is violent, but the message of the game, it is not. The message is, right. com is completely the opposite. So sometimes I think that people just talk about some games without even knowing what the game's about. Exactly, yeah. That's true, actually, yeah. And like... like to move to switch games a little bit, there's also another game that I think one of you mentioned, like narrative. And so 
honestly thought this next game that I wanted to talk about a little bit was really interesting. And I, ta I talked about the game with y'all before, but for the audience, of course. So this is other game called Salam, which is Arabic for peace. And basically the game has to do with users in the game have to flee a war-torn country and take a track, a virtual track, to a peaceful environment all while dodging war, hostile troops, and looking for food and water. And so they have to, like, the and they play a refugee, right? The person who's playing the game. Yes. And they have to flee fail, falling bombs. And then they have to gain energy points to ensure survival. But one of the interesting things is, too, that if the player runs out of energy in the game, I don't, I don't know how the energy looks like in the game, but take my word for it. So if the player runs out of energy, the user can actually purchase food, water, and medicine for their character, but with, like, actual money. So not um, like game money, but like actual money. And then the money that they um, they, they spend will go to um, benefit living refugees um, because of the game's partnership with various NGOs. And so I, I thought that was really interesting. And even the creator himself, his name is Luol Mayen. He spent his first 22 years in a refugee camp in northern Uganda before moving to the U.S. And I think one of the reasons he moved to the U.S. was because of his game. And I mean, his story in general is really interesting. I recommend y'all go and um, go read it too. But yeah, I mean, that's another game of like game that can that has a deeper purpose, you know? Yeah, you know, it's it's a very different game. You know, it's like when you play a game, you're not trying, or at least you're not pretending to help others in this way, right? It's like something that you could imagine in a whole different context. But I think it's actually a great thing. I mean. There are many people out there who are willing to help, and this is a great way to do it easier, you know? So definitely, I think this is a great idea, and it actually shows one more time that video games can be a great tool for peace and to, you know, to take all these problems uh, to a better solution. I don't know what you think about this. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, like what you said, it sends a positive message, but... Not only that, you're also helping people in real life too with this game. So I think that's a great like, I guess next step in video games too is contributing to contributing to real life. And yeah, yeah, and I think Arturo, you mentioned that this the guy who created this game, he was a refugee himself, right? Yeah. Okay. He's drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I look. I was drinking water, but then I also thought you were going to add something else. But yeah, he was a refugee. He spent his first 22 years in a refugee camp. And actually, to go a little bit more into his story, he wanted a computer really badly when he was younger because he saw his first computer in like this, this shop or this computer lab, but it was in his town. And so he always wanted one, but obviously, well, of course, unfortunately, his mother, who he was with at the time, um, didn't have enough money to buy one, but she understood and this is actually from an interview He said that she saw that if she were to actually get a laptop for him That he would be able to get distracted from the reality of what was going on around him as a kid and so she literally um, She worked sewing clothes for years three years to save enough money to buy a laptop that cost $300 and so of course um Mayen or Luol Mayen, he was really happy about that and he really wanted to treasure that um, gift because his mother works hard for it. 
and it didn't even come with a charger or like internet. He had to walk three hours to, um, I believe it was a coffee shop or a computer lab to be able to get Wi-Fi and to to charge his computer. And so he definitely wanted to make the most of it. And so actually from that computer is when he's really started making games. And from that computer, I believe also he got recognized by different um, organizations in the United States. But yeah, he came from very humble beginnings. And I mean, he's doing a lot of good work now. He actually came to George Mason um, for a class presentation that he wanted to do for my class. And it was really, that's how I found out about him. Okay, that's, that's great. You know, it's like something very complex. It's a very complicated situation. He went through a lot of hardships uh, throughout his life. And, you know, I find this very, you know, very interesting because sometimes you, when, when you have to go to another room to charge your computer, you're like, oh, I have to go to another room. And in this case, this man was walking how many kilometers, you said? Uh, I don't know kilometers, but three three hours. Okay, three hours. You know, that's like a long time. You know, so imagine this man was actually uh, trying to to reach his dream. So yeah, it's a, a very interesting story that everyone should should listen to. I think. Yeah, and not only that, but like with him being a refugee and making a game about refugees, mm-hmm. I think that's also a new like beginning of games that tell people's stories. And you get to kind of experience those stories yourself because obviously you hear about all these refugees and everything, but you don't really understand what's going on until you're like actually in their shoes. And this isn't necessarily putting you exactly in those shoes, but it's at least giving you a little bit of a feel of what it's like and yeah, what they see. You have a better perspective about how they are going through those this situation that sometimes for many of us who haven't been in a war, fortunately, we don't really know what's going on in those countries. I mean, I don't even have any idea of what exactly is happening in his country, but I think that's, that's great because we are able to know the reality of many places around the world that we are not able to know in other way. Yeah, and it is part even an interesting thing on me as well, an idea like these, there are different individuals in different parts of the world that are capable of so much and know a lot and are very determined people. But I'm always like curious, like how much more, how many more Luol Mayans are there in the world that are just hidden and maybe certain standards of society's idea of technology doesn't like allow them in. You know what I mean? And so I always wonder too, like what, there's all these different people able to do all these things, like who, who else is out there, you know? But with the game too, I mean, y'all basically said it, I mean, it promotes just that idea of empathy for um yeah. for individuals which i really and you know sometimes maybe there are many people like this man but sometimes it's quite difficult to find the opportunities sometimes you have the talent you have everything when it comes to intelligence but if you don't have the opportunities or if you don't have the the correct circumstances to to find your dreams then it's quite complicated you know sometimes yeah. it's not about the person itself so yeah i think that it comes to the governments and to many other people to find these people who can match, make a difference in the society, especially because he's a young man, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah. like you said, basically, it's not just about your skill. You need a little bit of luck in there as well to you yeah, know, have true. people find your chance. And that's kind of, I guess, the depressing thing you could say. Yeah, it's about quite depressing. That there are so many great people but out there in the world, but you'll never know about them because they just never got that luck. I know Omar was talking about how video games can be used in a more professional setting 
and in other words, training employees. And I was wondering if you could speak on that a little bit as well. Yeah. So basically, instead of finding a specific game or anything like that, I kind of wanted to take the approach of looking at ways that games can be used. And one thing that I found that a bunch of different careers were doing was that they were using games to train their employees. So an example of that could be, for example, bartenders. So there's this one bar that I found. I don't know the name of this, but they basically train their bartenders by having them play these simulations, you could say, where if you pour a great drink, you get points for that. And if you mess up or something like that, you get penalized for that. You know, and another example of that is uh, uh, health healthcare workers. So they have this whole multitasking game available where they, I think they have to slice up sushi or something, right? And while they're doing that, there's also some trivia questions coming up on the screen about healthcare and stuff. And so you have to, I guess, do like an active recall, for example, you know, where you're working, but also knowing all the facts and everything. So I guess to help your memory with that. And so basically the reason I'm talking about all this is not just for no reason that, you know, these companies are amazing at their training or anything, but it's actually shown in a, there was like a study done in University of Colorado that doing this training with video games, it actually does improve the employee's work. So to like spew out some stat, spew out some stats right now. Uh, trainees who use video games to learn had a 9% higher retention rate than those who don't do that. And they also had 14% higher rating in their skills compared to people who don't use video games to train. So I think like the reason I'm saying all this is because I think video games can be used more in more careers as simulations maybe. I know some truck drivers they do truck driving simulations to help drive trucks. So I think just expanding video games to help in all careers, it raises your skill level as well and you do a great, better job. I actually had one question. Um, so yeah. you talk about this. What, what, what Do you know what bars or what states this is happening in specifically? No, I don't know the specific bar, but I just know there is one bar. And with the trucks and stuff, that's actually pretty common with truck drivers for the simulations mm. but for the bar one i don't know yeah mm. how new how, how 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 recent is this like how when did you uh, even find out about this i found it like last week last week but, uh, oh, oh that's yeah. that's new new stuff yeah, yeah it's very yeah very innovative stuff you now all of this reminds me to something that i was thinking about that video games can also be used in school right so mm -hmm. for example there are some mini games that are used to activate competition between students. For example, the, the, the teacher uh, puts a game where you have to answer some questions and the student and the student who answers the most of the questions gets the higher score. So this is also something very interesting, but it's quite also frustrating for some students because they have they are not able to get a good score. But they can also make you try to uh, try to win more, try to study harder to get a higher score. And for example, in, in another situation, video games can also be used to um, to teach a story, for example, history, I'm sorry, to, just, to teach history. 
for example, I was recalling that there is a game called Assassin's Creed Origins. I don't know if you know about it. Yeah, I'm actually familiar. I've heard about it. Okay, Assassin's Creed Origins is a game about the ancient Egypt. That's the way to say it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, since this game talks about this culture and it has an actual representation of how the society and how the environment was in that time, it's a great way to show students that they can actually live the real Egypt through a game. So it's interesting because you can look to how the this civilization was and everything is just right there in a virtual world. Uh, for example, this game, Red Dead Redemption 2, was recently used uh, by a teacher to, to teach American history. So yeah, it's definitely many usages that you can give to video games uh, apart from being just an entertainment. Yeah, and I think going back to what you were saying about school, I definitely agree with that. Like going back to when we were learning, whenever our teacher pulled out like a Jeopardy game or something like that, it was mm-hmm. always not only the not only was it fun, but it also helped us learn and made you want to know more. Kahoot, for example, I know. Yeah, being yeah. On that leaderboard, you know. Yeah, that thing it. is. It's also quite uh, stressful, you know. Yeah, it can be stressful, but again, like like you said, if you don't do well it kind of drives you to want to do better yeah it's a great way to try to be better right Mm. yeah and kahoot i mean has the best music of all time oh yeah you already know yeah definitely (laughs) no but yeah i think honestly this is all really really interesting and such and i don't know i feel like just video games need a need a chance to be acknowledged like the right way like i feel like they haven't really gotten their um I guess the respect, like deserve respect in general. I feel like people still kind of look at them as um, dangerous products or that they cause violence in children, which is yeah, already proven to not even be true. I think that's much more like some, it's like an excuse, I think. As I told you at some point, uh, the governments tend to use this uh, idea that video games are bad. They claim that video games can cause violence on children and, and many other people. But I think that violence has much more to do with other factors. For example, as I told you, this man uh, who created Salam, he was in the middle of a war. He was just surrounded by violence and all this stuff. But he created a game that shows peace and tries to give you a message about how peace can change the world. So I think that saying that video games cause violence is like saying that movies or any other thing can make you a violent person. I think that it has much more to do with other factors and saying that an entertainment product can be a trigger for anything that has to do with killing people or something like that, I think that's just trying to, um, you know, you're not looking at the real problem. There is a hidden problem right there. You're you're trying to minimize somehow. Yeah, and I think that, I think it speaks more towards society as a whole and media as a whole, where all the negative things about video games are what spread, right? I mean, with Salam and this whole positive aspect of uh, Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't get really talked about at all. But as soon as there's news, and I'm not denying that it happens, it does happen, but it's quite rare. You know, the news about a kid uh, doing a shooting or something because of video games, right? Like using a gun because of video games. And again, it does happen, 
but it spreads way more than the positive news about video games does. And yeah. When people hear about that, that's what they think it all is. They don't hear about that positive stuff. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think that video games can be a tool rather than something that you have to forbid. There is no reason to forbid video games. I think that, uh, for example, this thing that you said that it can cause shootouts, I think that in the most of the cases, I don't know, maybe as you said, it happens. It can happen that someone who plays video games all of a sudden wants to go and kill many people, like if it was a grand theft auto or something. No? But um, I think that when this happens, when somebody kills a lot of people, it had some problems in home or it, it had some problems when he was growing up or something like that. Uh, more complicated factors explain. Exactly. Yeah. There are all these external factors and you can't really just blame video games because I'm sure every single person has played this video game. Yes, you know, at least life, Batman right? or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like if you play Batman, Batman, you will eat coconuts for the rest of your life. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't, I don't even like coconuts. So. <laughs> that would be great, right? <laughs> like, uh, no, you know but, I mean, like, yeah. just ask Arturo. You know, I beat him in Batman all the time, and he's not. Yeah. He doesn't get angry or do anything. It's yeah, a lot of. I don't know. If I play like Mario Bros., I won't be, you know, hitting walls or something. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, that too. And again, it does happen, but there's more factors than just video games in that. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You were even talking about the factors portion. I mean, there's. I have a stats here. I mean, a stat here. Sorry, it said that usually it is attributed to a third factor when it when you try to relate to video games and like aggression. There is always a third factor. Like, there's one study that says that, you know, because boys have historically been more aggressive in general, but like more likely to play video games. Those two don't really correlate. If anything, the study claims that it's like in not their nature per se, but most times like boys would just be more aggressive than girls would but video games is not really something that like worsens that it's just kind of innate but then you obviously make the correlate uh, people just can't help but make the correlation but without considering that it could be something that's a little bit innate yeah it's correlates correlation without causation yeah wow that is that is the best thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> Thank you. proud of you such a good quote Absolutely, absolutamente. You know, <laughs> I'm proud of him. <laughs> yeah, of course. But um, I don't want to keep this going on too long. I mean, unless y'all. Oh, actually, I did want to ask Gustavo one thing because I know he has a okay. YouTube channel, and I want to yes, ask him like. So I don't know. How do you see yourself using your YouTube channel to, I guess, like promote these types of uh, video games, or like how are you okay. doing it now? Yeah, you know, that's such a great question. I think that there are many things that I want to do with my channel. But one of those things that has to do with the topic is that, for example, here in Mexico, the Mexican industry of video games hasn't grown in a long time. You know, over the last 10 years, we haven't found any real good Mexican video game. So I think that I would like to try to give the opportunity to, you know, at some point when I get more subscribers and, and I, I have a better reach to the people, I would like to be the channel who tries to find this talent of Mexican video games and many other um, very, very small developers who haven't the opportunity to promote their video games as many others. So I would like to be this kind of person who tries to share their work with the world. And I would like to, 
to share the talent that is out there. Like for example, this guy from Salam, I think that there are many of, of developers like him out there and I would like to find them and I would like to share their work with the people. I think that's one of the things that I would like to do with my channel. No, oh, that's really awesome, honestly. We need more uh, Gustavos, you know, in this yeah. world. <laughs> but first I have to get 1,000 subscribers, so please subscribe or I will cry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, subscribe for sure. Is he hablan español? Subscribanse, banda. What's your channel I mean, name again? I'll subscribe right now. Uh, Gamescore. All right. Yeah, just search it on YouTube and that's going to appear. Hope. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's basically the... Uh, we don't want to keep the podcast going too long, but this was the video games podcast episode of and the third episode of the Lunch Break Podcast. Hope y'all enjoyed. I definitely thought this was interesting. And I want to say gracias a Gustavo for coming on for this one. And um, hopefully we might do something for his YouTube channel too. So, I mean, maybe stay tuned. We'll see. Okay. See, see, see. Well, thank you for the opportunity to, to be here. I think it was a great podcast. I think that it was interesting, as you said. And I hope we can make, um, you know, more collaborations in the future. Future. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can follow us on Instagram at, at globallifeig for news, content, as well as updates on future podcast episodes. Feel free to DM us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.